interesting plot twist on the Air Comfort Solutions text line from OU Believer 56, who tends to be a pretty good softball savant. He says, I think Erickson will start at catcher today. I don't. But if you're right, that'd be one. Think about that for an accomplishment. Just just for a moment. On a team with 12 returning players, all of them, for the most part, have played a role in contributing. Maybe outside of Q because she redshirted last year. You've got eight newcomers. Four of those newcomers are true freshmen, green as green can be. The other four are rock stars, play anywhere in the country that they want. And of those four is an All-American catcher. So if Jocelyn Erickson, if Jocelyn Erickson gets the start behind the plate over an All-American catcher who's learning how to play outfield so she can get in the lineup more in Haley Lee, an established veteran in Sophia Nugent who – they seem to love what she can do. And I say veteran, she's only a sophomore and didn't play that much. That would be one heck of a story, man. That would be one heck of a story. Now, I think I think Erickson will play some. But if she starts the opener behind the plate because Kinsey Hansen isn't here, that is one incredible storyline and one worth following throughout the season. So welcome into the Plank Show. We're in Los Angeles. So for those who have found us and those that are new to the show, um, I, I call play by play for softball and it's, it's been a, it's been a blast. It's truly become something that I never could have imagined being as much fun as it truly is. And I enjoy it. Um, so on this program, we do talk softball. We do talk women's sports. We always, we always have, we always will. And I feel like Josh, and I don't know how you feel, but I feel like a lot of the reaction we'll get is from people that, want to talk about softball and want to dive into it during this, during this stretch of the year. And, and softball has a very passionate fan base online. And, no, someone asked if I saw Jen Schroeder's comments. I have not. So, I, you know, I, I like Jen. She's here. But she's always seemed to have a little bug up her uh, backside when it comes to OU. I mean, she's the one that tried to start chaos last year with some of the things that she had said. So, I, I'm just – let her be. It. You guys want to fight online with it? Go for it. I, but those things don't matter to me, what, and it doesn't matter to say? this team. I, I like I said, I have no idea. Someone asked me if I saw Jen Schroeder's comments, and then uh, someone on the bus last night, not a player, said that she was like calling the OU fans like psychotic or something. I'm not gonna. You guys can clip it and send it in the uh, <laughs> in the text line. But to me, my my whole thing is about this team. I want to. I don't care what people are saying about this team. I couldn't care less what anyone's talking about with their weaknesses uh, or their strengths. I want to watch them play. And here's what I think. Well, let's let's have let's hear from Patty Gasso a little bit. Here's what Coach Gasso said. For those of you that like to project the lineup, um, here's what Coach Gasso said whenever she was asked this week about an actual starting lineup for the team and what it might look like. Because, you know, you you had someone who had established themselves in the one hole. And someone who had played uh, hit second quite a bit last year. So here's Coach. I, I think you you all could probably predict it, but Jada will be Jada Tiara will be one, two, likely Jada Tiara, um, and then it's just 
boom, 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 after that, and then boon, <laughs> probably, at the bottom. Who can boom? I mean, you, you watch her swing and foul something off. And, uh, I mean, when I'm watching her, I just, I mean, if you're a, someone who loves a good swing, you're going to watch them swing and miss and go, ooh. You know, when you're like, oh, oh, and that's what I feel about Riley Boone. And I can go throughout the lineup. Quincy Lil Q, Quincy Lilio is clutch swinging. Alina Torres, clutch hitter. Haley Lee, power. Um, Sid Sanders, I mean, it's just the names just keep coming. So did we replace Jocelyn Allen? No. Um, I, it's impossible. But it's going to take more than one person to fill those shoes. And that's really was more the mentality is we need more throughout power throughout the lineup just to try to pick up her numbers because they were so good. Um, it's going to be a common question and a common theme. You graduate Jocelyn Allo from this team, somebody who was not just Josh from a power perspective, but go look at her average numbers. She's one of the greatest hitters, if not the greatest hitter, all around in college softball history. So, you know, how, how do you replace that? Well, guess what? You, you don't try to be one person replacing it all. And in, you know, Coleman, Jennings, Hanson, who's not on this trip, but will be, uh, if not by next week, then definitely by Mary Nutter. I think the team is kind of shooting for Mary Nutter to be when she would return in three weeks. Uh, you, you look around, Riley Boone, you look at what could be in left field, you look at Alyssa Brito and what she did last year, and Sydney Sanders. I mean, from top to bottom, I think it's fair to say, Josh, one person, one person doesn't necessarily make or break a lineup. But in the case of Jocelyn Allo, I don't, I don't know off the top of my head how many teams play college softball, but for 99% of them, you lose someone like Jocelyn Allo, you're really going to struggle, right? It's like, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do to replace that? Um, and Oklahoma, it would appear, heading into this year, has the kind of roster that is equipped to do that uh, from – I just, you know, we, we mentioned that. Well, if you listen to Patty Gasso. I told you we're going to preview it. Going to hear from the coach quite a bit. Listen to just coach talking about overall the lineup. It's good. It's good. It's solid. The swings will wow you. Um, and it's throughout. It's throughout. And it's sitting on the bench and it's waiting for me to call on them. I, that's my biggest issue is um, we, have, we have such a deep bench. How do I make all these athletes? feel a part of it and engaged and that's going to be probably the hardest job I have. Um, they, they can swing it. They can lay it down. They can bun it. Uh, the person that's really impressed me power wise is Jada Coleman. And you see her as like that soft slapper. She's swinging it. She's swinging it a la TRA Jennings, just big, hard, long shots, and it's just throughout the lineup. And Hanson's swinging well, and I think you need to watch her a bit because she was really hurting and was in and out of the lineup, and that really hurt her. She was kind of down in the dumps, but now it's like a new start and a new beginning, and she's hungry. So there's just a lot of hungry athletes um, that are just really excited to play. Um. 
I don't, I, again, you're just talking about the potential of one of the more potent offenses that we've seen when you come off a year when all they did was score runs, right? I mean, just how, how in the world – we wrote, if you haven't had a chance yet, I think it's out now, right? The Boyd Street with the softball preview on it, I think it's out now. Oh, yeah. Okay. I wrote the preview article for the season, and I think it's – listen, I'm not here to try to pat myself on the back or anything, but I think it's pretty good, right? I think if you're a if, – if you're just a fan that's wanting to learn a little bit more about the team, I, I think it does kind of take it down to a little bit of a – I don't know, a, a less than trying to be super smart about everything dynamic, but – you know, they went 59-3 and last year, and 41 of those wins were by run rule. They <laughs> they hit home runs in all but six games, and it was the second most home runs ever in the history of college softball. And I want to say, like, runs-wise, it was up there in the top five, too. But... Josh, to kind of put a little wrap on the snapshot of the season, I feel like we forget about the pitching side of it. 33 shutouts, eight no-hitters, and we always forget about the defensive side of it, which was absolutely incredible in leading the Sooners to back-to-back titles. So part of the – I guess part of the reason why we might lose sight of pitching a little bit is because of the injury to Jordy Ball last year in the postseason and the fact – that Hope Troutwine, who was so integral to that run in the World Series, is gone. Uh, and, and when I say gone, she's she's still here, but she's a grad assistant, a volunteer assistant for the for the Sooners right now. So Patty Gasso was asked about Jordy Ball. And she's healthy. She's ready to go. She looks great. But the usage side of it, there's a lot of buzz about Jordy potentially playing some left field this year when she's not pitching, um, being an active part of the lineup. When she is pitching, not using a DP, and she might hit. So whenever you say, I bet so-and-so is going to is gonna do this, and, and this person will be the DP, well, if Jordy Ball's pitching, we might not have a DP. Jordy Ball's going to hit. You might have a flex player, right? You might have someone that – uh, for instance, plays left. Here, here's a, here's something that we talked about that could happen when Jordy's not pitching. Hannah Core might play left field, and Jordy Ball might be the DP and hit four. But you worry at all about the possibility of overusage with Jordy Ball. Here's what Patty Gasso said. I, I think she's another level athlete that I am not concerned about. I, she is the strongest kid on our team, probably the fastest on our team. She's, she's pretty phenomenal, the things that she can do away from the mound. So I, I think she wants it. She's begging for opportunity to lend more of herself to a chance to win, whether it's on the mound, at the plate, um, in the field. She's been working really hard to make herself an option, and she definitely is. So I, I think she's going to have a lot of fun with that. I do, too. I do, too. Oh, sorry. I do too. Um, and you're looking at somebody who's coming off a season where she finished 22-1 and through 14 complete games of the 24 that she started. Opponents hit 145 against her, and she struck out 205 batters in 141 innings. And, oh, by the way, she 
she got hurt in the final regular season series. Pitched one game, then was done. And then we didn't see her again until what? The World Series. And she didn't she didn't have that same it in the World Series. So Jordy Ball, ace. But the rest of the staff is loaded with potential. Patty Gasso has consistently said that Nicole May is healthy and ready for her biggest season. Alex Storacco comes in. Alex Storacco got humbled a little bit, and, and she even said it in the in the battle series, right? And she wasn't 100% healthy, but she is now. Kirsten Deal, she's going to pitch, the lefty. S.J. Guerin, they're hoping to redshirt. That's the – unless you have two or three injuries, S.J. Guerin – the best thing for her, I think, is to rest uh, – not rest, excuse me – learn this year, and then she'll be someone that will come in next season whenever Storacco is gone, and maybe you don't have to hit the portal for another pitcher. Maybe in Deal, Ball, and Nicole May, you'll have you know three essential aces with Garen there to help them out in the depth. They might have – I think they got another freshman coming in next year, too, pitching-wise. So they're, they're really good as far as depth at pitching is concerned – with that extra value, Josh, of being able to redshirt someone. Now, offensively on the lineup, just a quick thought before we grab a break and, and, and get some of your texts and move on, I will say, last year, Grace Lines didn't start a game here at Irvine because she wasn't hitting well. And that, to me, was the magnification of you got to hit, stay in this lineup. And it was the first game in Grace Lyons' entire career that she didn't start and what she do it show I, I i bring that up not to say anything about oh how dare you not start grace or anything of that nature i bring it up to say anyone could be out of this line if you don't hit if kenzie hansen doesn't hit she's going to be sitting on the bench if jada coleman doesn't hit tiara you know it's anyone so yes there's competition but that competition is made even more in-depth whenever everybody is clicking. Riley Boone is the starting right fielder. I think if you were to go back in Riley Boone's freshman year, she got hurt her freshman year during the COVID season, if you were to say that going into her third season that she would have locked down right uh, right field and be ready to do whatever it takes, there might be some that would question that because of, you know, you didn't see her as a power hitter, and maybe you didn't see Jada as a power hitter, but she came in and what did she do? She hit, she made plays, she gets on base. That's key. And you got to play defensively. you got to be able to make plays. Uh, that's some simpleton stuff there, I understand it. But if you ever wonder, hey, why isn't so-and-so is in, in the lineup? Why isn't, isn't Alina Torres playing? Or why isn't Jocelyn Erickson playing? You know, there might be – maybe they're struggling at the plate because you got to hit to stay in this lineup. All right, 405-329-9000. That's 405-329-9000. That's the – Riverwind Casino Jackpot Line. And as always, 405-651-3439. Did you say Mr. Sports is on hold, Josh Elmer? Mr. Sports. Well, there's not a better name in all the world than Mr. Sports. Good morning, Mr. Sports. Frank, how are you guys doing this morning? Mr. Sports, we're fantastic. How are you? Great, great. Looking forward to tonight. Uh, Hey, I want to kind of think outside the box just a little bit, but staying on the same subject you guys are talking about. How excited do you think the Oklahoma City Pro team is to have players just right down the road that you're going to be able to look at? Uh, you know, 
in the future years. I mean, it's almost like a farm team um, for the pro team. Your, your thoughts on that? Um, well, I'll say this much. I, I actually, I, Tina Floyd's here. <laughs> the, the owner of the Spark is here. Um, so they, they understand how important it is to, to have this kind of talent close to them. And I think that they also get it in Stillwater and they see it in Tulsa. But I mean, I get what you're saying right here in, in Norman. It's, it's not just for the talent, Mr. Sport, but how about for the fan base, right? You, you have to have, if you're going to start a professional franchise, you have to have a built in fan base in a lot of ways. And I think that, that Tina and Robert get it. You have to have diehard passionate fans and not just for the talent but to me mr sports for the people i can't believe i just referred to someone as mr sports i love it uh for the for the 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 fan base i think that's the bigger that's the bigger plus than just to say the players because you can find players but to have the fan base as passionate as it is oh let's go yeah well let me close out with this mike uh there is not enough number one draft picks that trade you and helmer away you guys have a good day (laughs) Appreciate Thank that. You, Very Sport. kind. Very kind. I don't know. I don't know, man. I haven't. I, I haven't sat down with Brian. I don't know what the other stations are offering. Mm. So I mean, if if they come strong, I mean, maybe you got to make that move. I mean, I I told you guys, I got in this business to sell out. So that's the ultimate goal for me. I'm just here to sell out. Uh, and even though you hear my voice on a lot of commercials, that's just me doing my voice. That's not me necessarily selling out yet. So. That's the ultimate goal for both of us. Oh, you got got big and you sold out. Yep. Yes, sir. That is exactly what it's all about. Got to make that paper. Um, 1021. If you guys have anything else you want to ask on softball, hit me up. I'd love to talk about it. It's, um, you know, Mr. Sports take. It shows you just how big business is for what OU softball is doing when you have a a business owner who, I mean, I, I think I think Tina and Robert wouldn't mind me saying this. They sold their business, and they could go, they could go live on the beach. <laughs> they could go, you know, wherever they wanted. They could retire, and they decided to invest and build a professional sports franchise centered around softball. It's a pretty big deal. And when you have that kind of passion and that kind of investment, it, it just shows you where this sport is hopefully headed. Hopefully. All right, you want to add anything on the softball preview, Josh? I kind of hogged the air there. It's all good. Uh, what do you? Here's what I want to dive into next. What are you just right. generically speaking most intrigued by this weekend with Oklahoma softball? What, what do you want to Ooh. see most? All right, let's dive into it next. Uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line is hopping, 405-651-3439. That's Josh on Plank. This is the home of Sooner fans. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show. Uh, again, big news today. Kevin Durant has been traded. We're going to go back into some uh, NBA talk here at the bottom of this hour. Plus, uh, good stuff on the Air Comfort Solutions text line from the challenging night for OU Hoops last night. Got a good text on the super secret text Doso line too, Josh, that I want to share on Hoops coming up in just a bit. Uh, Stephen B.A. said, Jen Schroeder said she thought OSU may have a shot to win the Big 12 this season, and some OU fans freaked out and went after I don't have a problem with her having an opinion, but you know how some of us fans can get. <laughs> there's uh, there's a measured okay, response there right there. Yeah, that's 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 a measured response. I don't you're going to find 
It's like, Josh, you're living this. So tomorrow's show, we're going to have our poll. We're officially doing it about the most hated team in the NFL. And you've seen it, right? Everybody loved Patrick Mahomes the first couple of years, right? And when they won the Super Bowl, it was like, man, what a cool story. Look at this kid. Well, I don't know. Some people can never stand Jackson or his wife. That's a different conversation, especially after I spent about five minutes in a Jackson Mahomes TikTok hole last night. Oh, my gosh. How is he famous? How is that famous? I don't know. What is it about that that people are like, got to see it? I, I mean, literally, it made no sense to me. Ah, he's Patrick Mahomes' brother. That's nothing else to it. <laughs> if, if Jackson – so, obviously, that played a factor. But in reality, right, Patrick Mahomes was a great story. And he still is. Kind of like Tom Brady, the first year they won. But in, inevitably, what happens? Inev- people turn. It's like, oh, gosh, i got to deal with this again. Can't stand this guy. Josh, you couldn't care less. It's like, I don't care. No, I love <laughs> it. I welcome uh, it. But you're going to see some of that in softball this year with OU. They're winning too much. We've already seen it. We, we, I mean, that was yeah. – look, that was what was going on last year and maybe even the year before that. When you've won five titles in ten years, yeah, people are sick of you. Gabe Eichert and I were together at a celebratory party after they won the title a couple years ago. And it might go down as one of the greatest lines I've ever heard in my life. A former player came up to us, and we were given the congratulation. And she said, why do people – why are people mad that we won? Why can't people stand us? I mean, I get it if it was, you know, Florida State fans, but why are they mad? I mean, people should love us. We're all about Jesus and S. And I was like, gosh. <laughs> um. But that's the reality of it. You're going to be hated when you have this kind of success. And when you have a when you have a softball media that is usually consumed with former players and you know who we got? we got Aaron out there fighting the good fight on ESPN. But for the most part it's former Bruins, former Aggies, they're not they're a former Crimson Tide player. They're not going to be happy about it. <laughs> they're going to make it hard. So I just I, I don't get too caught up in. Hey, Oklahoma State's going to be good. They are. But I, I've said this though I said this about them last year, and I feel the same way. They're a team that by the midpoint of the season are going to hit their stride. They're going to struggle early on. There's too much new. Um, I also I also think that we're in a softball medium and media where you don't have people that dig too deeply. Outside of Eric uh, and the guys at Bama, I don't think people go too in-depth. I think they just look and like, well, they were good last year, so they're going to be good this year. And they got this transfer. Well, again, Lexi Kilfoyle, who they got from Alabama, wasn't very good last year and didn't pitch much. So I guess from my perspective – if someone wants to pick them, that's fine. Because for all tints and purposes, I don't see I don't see how this conference doesn't come down to the final weekend in Stillwater. No one's beating Oklahoma. Texas, Texas is not beating Oklahoma this year. It's in Norman. They'll play them tight. Um, love Iowa State. Love what Tech's trying to do. Baylor's pretty good, but you know, I again. 
none of these teams are going to get a are going to get a win against Oklahoma. It's going to come down to those final three games in Stillwater. So if someone wants to pick Oklahoma State, fine, do it. Because it doesn't matter if you're right or wrong anymore in the media is the one thing I've learned. Going after them and calling them morons and idiots. You do you, boo. Not really my thing. Well, we also – I've not listened to the podcast, so I don't know the – I don't know the context of what she asked the question, hey, can anybody top Oklahoma in the Big 12? And then you respond right. with maybe Oklahoma State. So – if it was uh-huh. if it was outright, she's picking Oklahoma State. I mean, yeah, just let her be wrong, <laughs> right? I well, it, you know, there was a lot of people that said the the Chargers or the Raiders or the Broncos were going to win the AFC sure. West this year because guess be what? Wrong. Off season, a lot of people want to not pick the team that's the odds-on favorite. Exactly, and I, I would add this: everyone wants to try to find their listen. No one's talking about this team. I'm guilty of that right now. Um, Oklahoma State has one of the best pitchers in softball, and Kelly Maxwell. And when you have one of the best pitchers in softball, a lot of people are gonna uh, fall in love with it, and they should. And they're gonna listen. They're gonna be. They're gonna be good. They're gonna be good. They're gonna be a good team. Texas is going to be good, and that's good for this conference. For now, now when we get to the SEC, we don't have to worry about fighting for a conference and, and worry about numbers. It's kind of ingrained in that in that league. But yeah, so you asked me to put a wrap on softball talk for this hour, or at least for now. You asked me some thoughts on just, like, generic things I want to see, right? Um, I want to see how Jordy looks. She, The last time we saw her, she wasn't her. But in the fall, she looked great. I want to see how, you know, Duke's a good Duke's a good team. Duke's a ranked team. I want to see how Oklahoma, you know, handles their rotation. If you get into, like, a, a second and third situation – we, could you see Patty and, and Coach Rocha use a, a, a lefty for a batter, maybe bring in Deal or not? I, I, I'll be intrigued by that. Um, I want to see how much they. I want to see how much they stay with a set lineup. I know we only got two games. This is more of a five-game look, right, for this weekend. But with Tra and Jada, is it just going to be all right? Them, them one, two, and then a constant or Jada and Tra, however. Is it going to be a constant shuffling, or will there be like a one through five that's pretty set? Because you're going to have Jada lead off, Tiari bat second, and, and Riley Boone's going to turn the lineup over at nine. So is is three through eight just going to be a, a constant rotation? And then, Josh, I do want to see how much Jocelyn Erickson plays. I want to see where Alina Torres fits in. And I really like this sophomore class a lot. They They've got a long way to go, but in a couple of years, they're going to be the foundation of this program. I want to see if Hannah Cora plays. I want to see um, if – and, again, Q's a little dinged up, so I don't know how much she's going to play this weekend. I want to see if Sophia Nugent factors in, right? I want to see what kind of difference makers they can be. So those those are just, to me, Josh, a few of the random, if you will, thoughts for this weekend. How about, how about for you? I'm interested in all of it, of course, but forced to choose – I will be curious to see, you know, how the staff is, uh, how Patty navigates that this this early right. opening weekend, and then you know the first month and beyond. But forced to choose, to me, I'm most curious how the lineup will be constructed, and if yep. if Kinsey was here and was a part of this trip, where do you think she would be in the batting order? 
I, I was a little bit off this morning with Toby because I said it wouldn't surprise me to see Grace Lyons hit two and maybe move Tiari down to three. Maybe that's inevitable. But I, I think Jada leads off. I mm-hmm. think Tiari bats second. And I think I think either Sid Sanders or Kinsey Hansen would be three and four. But, you know, coaches really – Coach and JT, they – there's a program that they can use. It helps them whenever it looks at, hey, this lineup can give you this kind of numbers and this lineup can give you this kind of numbers. It's very – what's the word I'm looking for, Josh? I never use analytical. it. Analytical. Right? It's, it's very analytical. But also Coach Gasso is is probably going to mix that with her gut and how she feels about things. And they like to have the, the idea that – all right, one through four. All right, turn it over. Here's a leadoff hitter at five. You can go five through nine, five through five, six, seven, eight. All right, here's another leadoff hitter at nine. In other words, you know, two groups of like a one through four hitter, if that explains it well. And so it wouldn't surprise me if maybe you saw someone in that five hole that isn't necessarily uh, a beast, if you will. And maybe like an Alina Torres if she's in there. You know, I say Haley Lee, but what am I doing? What am I saying, Josh? Every single member of this lineup is a beast right now. But, yeah, lineup construction is going to be fascinating. And fascinating. Then, and then how much in in that plank, how much tinkering or mobility will we see in that right here off True. the top? That's, that's what yeah. I'm most curious about beginning this weekend. All right, quick break. When we come back, let's um, – Let's hit some of the text. Some good stuff here on softball, a lot of good stuff on basketball. It's the Plank Show right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on The Ref. With Josh Helmer, I'm Chris Plank. Tough one last night for the Sooners. They fall in Waco 84, or 82-72. Sooners have Kansas coming to town this weekend, and Kansas is coming off uh, a, a well, hold on. I tried to give Kansas a loss. They lost to Iowa State and then bounced back and beat Texas. By the way, speaking of Texas, if you were keeping tra- uh, track of the Big 12 women's basketball standings, last night Texas, after losing to Texas Tech, ends up beating Texas in round two. So as far as the expanded standings in the Big 12 look right now, um, Oklahoma all alone in second place. A full game ahead of Baylor and Iowa State and a game back of Texas. So Ginny Baranchek's crew in a in a good spot because Texas beat Texas Tech, but um Iowa State had lost to Baylor this past week and they've got their bye week, so they've got West Virginia coming up this weekend in Morgantown. So even though the Sooners lost to Iowa State, they are still in good shape. Second place, all by their lonesome are the Sooners. Three straight, and they travel to Kansas State on Sunday. All right, you want to hit some Air Comfort Solutions and texts here? I feel like we've got some good ones. Um, <laughs> someone had said, Lee, catcher Erickson, an extra hitter. By the way, I've started replying to some of these. I apologize. Uh, not all of them. But just every now and then I'll see something that I just re- replied to on the on the on the cuff. I know Travis is much better at that than I am. So is Josh and Tyler. But they said Lee at catcher, Erickson at extra hitter. Not arguing. I think if Jordy Ball pitches, Jordy Ball hits. So if if you're trying to find a a, a DP when Jordy Ball is pitching, I don't I don't think you're going to I don't think you're going to find it. Just maybe 
maybe as the season progresses, but but not now. Um, here's a good one off the Air Comfort Solutions text line. We have several good softball teams in the state. UCO has an awesome team, has a good team and an awesome player in J.C. Minner. You know, not just UCO, but how about the job that that Sam Maples is doing at OBU right now? Her team is off to its best start in program history. Who did we? Um, Roger State last year. They won a national championship. So, yeah, top to bottom, there's really good softball in this state. Uh, for the 405, any concern over a Jordy Ball sophomore slump? Well, sure. Absolutely. Um, it's a position in softball that there's more tape on than there ever been before. There is more – I mean, listen, every single move that you make is overanalyzed and talked about to the nth degree, and they're all trying to find a, a tell or something. So, sure. But I don't know about you, Josh. I I mean, I don't know if there's been a player outside of Jossie that I've been more confident about than Jordy Ball and her ability to maintain her success. I think she's pretty special. Yeah, outside of maybe uh, a couple of her, her teammates on this roster, like, I don't know, T.R.A. Jennings or – right. but, I, but I hear your point. I'm not trying right. to uh, – not trying to totally deflect it. She's a star. I'm with you. I'm not worried about a slump. Uh, absolutely, you know, the just the healing process, her being back 100%, I can't wait to see what this season has in store for her. I think it's exciting what you just said, that uh, she's going to have a chance to be in the batting lineup some too. That's, uh, that's awesome. I, I can't wait. So, no, I'm not worried about her having any sort of a sophomore slump. Um, oh, gosh. good. St- I didn't even see all this stuff off the super secret line. Uh, <laughs> Trav, I hope you don't mind me saying your name, but this is good. Here at living in Tulsa, directly between KC and Dallas, what annoys me about Kansas City is the bandwagon fans. They appeared out of nowhere these last five years. They were all Dallas fans ten years ago. Teams never annoy me. Fans do. Which may <laughs> say something about the OU fan base. We can be unreasonably petty in defense. That was also to the Jin Schroeder. So there were two separate texts there. Do you have a problem with bandwagon chief fans, Josh? Guys that you know weren't as passionate as you are, and all of a sudden they're trying to talk chiefs with you? I think every diehard fan would feel that way about uh, <laughs> their team having great success. But then you kind of welcome it, too, because it's just it's just the natural order of events that happens when you start winning championships or playing for championships. Right. And by the way, the bandwagon text, I read two texts together. Uh-oh. Did we lose you, Plank? We did, yes. We, we lost Plank. Maybe he has unplugged himself. The uh, Every fan base, <laughs> every fan base should want that complaint of there's too many bandwagon fans because guess what? That means that, means that you are uh, that winning in weird. a big way. Whoa. Sorry, Whoa. I, was, I was filibustering on every fan Power base. Power surge. Every fan base, Plank, should want bandwagon fans because bandwagon fans right, right. means things are going pretty well. Yeah. And and I was saying that Travis's second test was, text was in relation to the fight um, with some of y'all that you're having right now with Jen Schroeder, which gets me to this other super secret textoso text. I quote the late, great Billy Tubbs. If you don't like it, get better. Plus, what's not mentioned about OU's transfers are that all came from programs whose coach either retired, took a new job, or was fired. They aren't just trophy chasing. Agreed. By the way, 
they're all awesome, too. They're all awesome. I can't wait for Sooner fans to get to know them more. And then, let's see, this is good on basketball. Are you ready? Three straight on the super secret Textosa line. Do you think it's a talent evaluation issue? Hear me out. I'm not a porter knocker. But when you recruit, you see them in games and it catches your eye or on tape. Then you talk to coaches and ask about the character and grades and attitude, but maybe not how does he practice. If that's how you determine whether he plays or not, then should that be the question you ask? And on the other side, if they are showing out in practice but it doesn't transfer to the game, then make a change. Joe Montana was a terrible practice guy. Sometimes guys are just gamers. Oh, boy, we could really – this is getting in the weeds, but we definitely could. We definitely could because then there's that difference. Okay, well, what is the issue in practice? Is the issue in practice that they don't get it, that they're struggling to execute, um, that they're not making shots? Is the issue in practice that they're not – you know, it it goes down to a lot of different things. I'm going to go out on a limb and say I'm 99% sure – that practice habits are among the uh, the top questions that is asked whenever a coach is recruiting someone. Don't you think? Has to be. Yeah. When you're talking to the, the high school coaches and, you know, specialized coaches maybe that weren't a part of the high school with a kid, you're wanting to know, okay, well, what type of worker do I get? What do the practice habits look yeah. like? And you know what? If things are even between one recruit and another, you're going to take the the player that you're told has better practice habits. All right, quick break. When we come up, uh, when we come back right here on the ref, let's talk a little bit about last night for OU basketball. If you're just waking up, uh, big trade day for a couple of former Thunder players. Kevin Durant is now a Phoenix Sun, and as we sit here at 10:50 a.m. as of right now, Russell Westbrook is a Utah Jazz, but I don't. I'm pretty sure they're going to try to buy him out of his contract and see where he ends up. So we'll come back. More of your text. Top five stories today. I heard from Joey. Big brothers feel like coming on. So we'll talk with OUinsider.com's Joey Helmer as well right here on The Ref. I don't think I've ever been more confused by trade talk than the Aaron Rodgers trade talk because a couple days ago it was two first-round picks. All right, a couple weeks ago, it was two first-round picks. And a couple of days ago, it was, ah, mid-round pick. Now, all of a sudden, it's two first-round picks. Here's a good question off the Air Comfort Solutions text line, Josh. Should OU basketball adapt the stall ball philosophy used in the Anadarko-Weatherford game the other day? By the way, literal fan. Haven't they, calm already, down. haven't they already been doing that most of the season? I, I, I know there's probably somebody that's like, oh. They've got a shot clock. It's 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 funny. It's <laughs> right, funny. yeah. Just just enjoy the joke. For the four oh five. Uh, I've been a Lions fan since nineteen eighty. I am perfectly fine sharing them all alone. But like a gradual wave, I can already see the bandwagon fans coming next year. Mm-hmm. You and I talked about this during the break. I was debating about Texas Tech. Um and we need to get tech tech Tina hasn't called in a while. I wonder wonder what she's up to. But we, uh, we've we seen Tech basketball implode this year, right? And I'd ask you, you know, was it something that we should have seen coming? In other words, you lose so many stars. 
and you're not necessarily replacing them, and it's like, oh, well, you got this system now. Mark Adams didn't get on that plane. He didn't get on that plane. Now you're like, I wish he would have got on the plane. <laughs> Why didn't he get on that plane? But should have seen it coming, right? Should we see it coming with Texas Tech football next year? Because much like he's talking about with the Lions, the Lions, let's see here, Lions, Broncos, Jets are going to be big picks in the NFL next year. Everyone's going to be all over them. And we haven't even started free agency yet, right? The, the season's not over yet. But you just kind of get this feel, Josh, for how the post or the offseason's going to play out. I feel the same way in college basketball, and I can't help but wonder, are we going to get a little bit too much of Texas Tech? They're going to be everybody's darling in the Big 12, right, in football. Feels that way, yeah. I mean, just looking at some of the way-too-early predictions out there texas tech is a common commonly ranked team which right. to me is uh probably a little bit too high i i see them finishing about like they did this year maybe a game better i i definitely yeah. don't see texas tech as a tcu or kansas state like candidate do you no i don't i think they're good well listen they lost the best defensive player that they've had in a really long time. And I know he was certain near the end of the season and we still beat OU without him and won our bowl game. Ah, that's fine. I think in this instance there's going to be uh, a lot, a lot. Uh, 5808, right, this just came in. Bandwagon fans are always coming next year to certain team, uh, to certain fan bases. I Listen, we've made it very clear. As far as coverage, we're a very bandwagon thunder show. <laughs> Who knows? Come this time next year, the the whole show might be a trade deadline deal that they make. Who knows? <laughs> All right, my favorite part of Super Bowl week happened. We've got it coming up in the top five stories today. Plus confirmation, Joey Helmer in to talk some softball and basketball next.